Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In 1936, Kansas City native Charlie Parker took to the stage at 16 years old and played so poorly that Count Basie's drummer threw a cymbal at his head. The act encouraged the saxophonist to become one of the hardest working musicians to ever live, and years later, Parker changed the music world forever. Since then, the music scene in Kansas City has gone through lots of changes, and this is a show dedicated to modern-day musicians who live and play in the pairs of the plains. From Tribune Audio Network, I'm Kendall Swank, and this is the Crazeology Podcast. Hey everybody, my conversation today is with a singer-songwriter named Brooke Blanche, and I first saw Brooke about two years ago in a small venue in the Westport neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri. And if you've ever had the chance to hear him play, you've probably noticed the same thing that caught my attention right away. His voice. It's so unique, but we'll talk more about that later. I think the first thing that I really wanted to ask you about is your general songwriting. And so kind of walk through the process of how you find a song. Are these real-life stories, or is this something that's more you, you just have with the creativity flowing through you? I think most of the, most of the time there's going to be some truth and personal relevance in what you're writing, you know? Uh, just basing songs off nothing is possible and fun with your imagination, but I try to put some little pieces of me in there for sure. So you got so many songs, though, that, you know, it's it's heartbreak. You know, there's a lot of people leaving and that kind of stuff. So what's... That piece is me. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of me. Even so, people have just left you a lot. Sure, that's how it goes. You know, being a musician and touring and uh, and being just a difficult person will <laughs> will definitely chase people away. Well, I guess. What do you mean by being a difficult person? You know, just being. Uh, I think uh, for me to write, I need to be alone most of the time. And uh, that's not ideal for a relationship. <laughs> so what are people you've been in relationships with? I mean, family, uh, significant others, that kind of thing. Like, what, what, what do they say when you're like, hey, I just I need this time to really do my own thing? It's usually pretty clear, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's usually pretty clear. If I, if I need to get away, I just go. It's, I guess it's kind of difficult to really, like, understand, like fully like you know what what their impressions have been i mean is it just when you walk away they walk away too or are they trying to lean on you're walking away and they're trying to grasp it you talking about breakups breakups like i mean even if it's any other relationship i guess uh i mean i don't know it's probably just the same way everyone else's relationship breaks up you know people grow apart especially if you like to spend most of your time alone (laughs) I've heard people ask this a bunch, you know, being somebody who's played music before, I've heard it before, but, you know, people always say, what comes first for you, the the lyrics or the the music? What would you say is the main thing that you always grab first? I don't really know. I don't try to, definitely don't try to pick a method and stick to it. I think that's pretty limiting. 
sometimes uh, just a line will pop in my head, and usually if a if that happens, a melody will come along with it, and then you pick up the guitar. Sometimes it works the other way. Sometimes I don't know where they come from. Three minutes later, you just wrote a song, you know. So let's talk about one of those songs, "Fools on the Barstools." You know, it, it kind of like really got me. You know, you start off with this story about you know these people that are hanging at, hanging out at a bar. Obviously, you're considering them fools. So is this something where you know you're watching this interaction and it just came to you, or is this something where you were just sitting down to write and this was the inspiration? Well, me and my me and my friend Adam Lee were sitting around and had this idea about uh, a day in the life of a pool hall, you know, and like all the different stories that could happen just in one day in a pool hall. Started writing down song titles. We wrote down a bunch of song titles. We were going to do an album, but instead I just wrote that song and put it on my record. So, so the the original plan there, was for... There's more, there's more songs to the idea of that album that are just aren't... Are any of those on there. your album? Nope, just that one. How come that was the one you think made it out of all of them? Seemed like a good start to the record. It's a pretty straightforward sort of song. I like uh, I like how the chorus works, you know? That's basically it. Well, in the song, it kind of takes, like, this turn, you know? Like, it kind of starts with these guys being drunk on bar stools, and then it moves into, you know, this, this woman leaving... Um, walking away from the situation. He's dropping on a conversation this guy's talking about getting left. So is it from it's from the listener's perspective? It switches, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's actually uh, take a second and let's just listen to this song real quick. There's fools on the bar stools spilling beer on the floor spilling their guts out and asking for more there's stories to be told here secrets to be kept I heard this tale silently well Time I grab 
so dynamic i mean there's you go from these soft high parts to real deep growly like how did you kind of really discover your voice and try and develop that as you started getting older and playing more serious songs i don't know i can't remember not singing growing up in the church and everything you know you just you're just gonna sing everyone in the family sings road trips you sing that's how I learned harmony, and when I'm trying to pick a melody, I usually find the harmony part of that melody and then just use that instead, (laughs) you know, because it's always cooler. It's mostly what the song wants to do, you know what I mean? If if you can sing a few different ways or whatever, then, and cover the range, then you can fully express the song, I feel like. So I just try to use every tool I have, you know? You don't know how low or high you can sing until you try. <laughs> That's interesting, though, that you say, like, it's whatever the song wants. Like, it almost has, like, its own soul separate from you. I don't think, I don't think that's inaccurate. I don't, you know, applying a soul to it is sort of a lot, but it's uh, a song needs to sound a certain way. And there's tons of different versions you can do, but for me, there's a way that I want to hear a song, and if I'm the one in charge of making it happen. I'm going to do the best I can to do it the way I feel like it should sound and the way it wants to sound, you know? So do you have some of these songs that you've written one way, gone back, reworked it? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I think uh, I think turning yourself away from editing, even after it's been recorded, like, is limiting. Uh, a song can change. If I wrote it, I can do anything I want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's my right and responsibility. Do you ever write for other people? I like writing with other people. Uh, I've definitely helped people write songs for their albums, and I think that's fun. I think bouncing ideas off another good songwriter or novice even is enlightening. So how much of your album would be collaborative stuff, and how much is just kind of you doing your own thing i think this album i wrote them all or i would have mentioned it i have a pile of songs that i you know easily a couple albums worth that i've written with other people but just haven't haven't recorded very many do you think you'll be putting anything out anytime soon that would include some of those or i think that's possible it's probably about time to get back in the studio just takes money how long's it been four years since my last record so as a singer-songwriter, you know, we kind of hinted a little bit at this, but you're writing alone, you're traveling alone, it's just you and a guitar. 
what are your experiences like on the road then? Are you just staying isolated away from other people? Are you trying to engage with communities? What what's the what do you do when you're trying to expand your brand basically? I when guess. I leave the house for work, you have to be have to be open to new experiences. You have to be willing to talk to people. There's no point in me going and being alone as much as being on tour, you spend a lot of time alone just waiting for waiting around for stuff, but there's no point in me ignoring and all the experiences you could have and all the people you can meet. There's incredible people out there. I uh, try to engage, <laughs> you know. I wish I drank coffee because I feel like you could always just go to the coffee shop and yeah. meet someone, but I, it's not my jam. Uh, another song that's that's on your album that I, I really dig, and I know I, I've heard you play it live before. It's freaking awesome. Uh, head on the table. At a head of the table, where did, where did this come from? What's this idea behind the song? And it, I feel like people perceive it very well when it's played live. I, I like that song. It took a little bit of effort. It's sort of about family farms, and I, I feel like there's way less family farms and much less family farms than there than there used to be. And I oh, feel yeah. like big companies have really affected our food and our society by taking out these family farms so uh that song just sort of without being political in the song it is sort of politically motivated and i i get frustrated with just what a hard time the farmers have i think it's unfair did you grow up on a farm i didn't i grew up out in the country and i worked on some farms and ranches and uh you know obviously or you you knew these people, you live with them, and you, you work with them in certain circumstances. So why would this be, like, the one kind of, I mean, it's pretty much the only political issue that's really kind of in the album at all. Why? Totally. The rest is about my other feelings. I don't know. It felt like it, it fit on there. And uh, if it's a song, if it's an album about my feelings, that's something I have strong feelings about. Right. Let's actually uh, check that one out, too. So let's listen to uh, Head of the Table by Purple
starving. I pray for rain, but nothing helps. So you also have this, it's not a sadness to it, there's just a lot of emotion in your song. So like even things like your song Misery, like, you know, your the song is titled after a feeling. <laughs> so like how, where does that come up, like where does that come from? Like is this like just a, a moment in a day where you're just feeling it and this is kind of the expression that you, or where does that really come from? Well, it's just what the song wants. You can sing a sad song in a happy way. Uh, Guys like Tyler, that can be that can be effective. But uh, especially when recording, you have to get to the core as much as you can. This is the one time you get to, or it's a time you get to permanently express this. So, and it shows. You know, you gotta connect with the room. If they just feel like you're reading a list of words written down, it just sounds. You know just a grocery list it's like no these are lyrics about something I felt genuinely when I wrote it I should probably express that every time fully you know is there anything that out of your music that you just scrap because it's not pure emotion of the time I mean is everything that you you know I've never really heard the things that you didn't put on the album or you don't play live so that's, is it, is that's there... good <laughs> that's that's purposeful yeah you throw I throw away tons of stuff I've definitely started writing songs and it's like this just isn't even me like this song would probably work great for someone else and it's a a style that would be fun to explore but if it's just if it feels put on I'm not really trying to. I'm not really trying to do that. Do you pass those songs to anybody else? I've tried to give some songs away. I think people. Uh, it's a lot of responsibility to take a song from someone. What do you mean by that? Like if you give a song to someone, that's like people ask me to, if they can cover my songs and if they can do songs. That's that's one thing because they've already. But like just to give a song to someone, like I feel like this would be perfect for you. It's a big responsibility. You don't want to blow that. Because you have to live up to someone's expectations of how you're going to handle something that's, you know, important to them without asking for that responsibility. Right. (laughs) Here, raise this kid. (laughs) 
That's true. I guess I never really thought of it that way. Right. Where it's just, I can't. <laughs> just I don't understand it. You raised this kid. You're saying like this idea of this song being so attached to you that it's similar to the way of like having a kid. Is it that emotionally impacting you the same way that like raising an actual child would? Well, I can't comment because I don't yeah, have okay. a kid, yeah. uh, which is, you're welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a common it's a common way that songwriters talk about those songs because they are important and you want them to do good things and you want them to be used well and you want them to, you know, it is something you care about. I don't know if it's like a kid. I'm sure it's probably... <laughs> entirely different but it's a definitely an easier way to express how you watch it from nothing to what it can fully be and it's it is a process and it's a a lot of feelings involved right so do you find i mean you kind of just mentioned you know other songwriters stuff like that do you find that your community is mostly based of other musicians and other other people that are in the same industry of playing playing live shows, playing recording, all that? My community as in people Just, I hang out with the most? Yeah, I guess people you hang it's out with, people that you out, talk to. It's easier to hang out with musicians, for sure. It's also, I like people. I just uh, like to spend a lot of time alone. It's easier. costs less money. <laughs> yeah, it definitely costs less money. <laughs> yeah. I like hanging out with my peers. It's uh, a lot more comfortable and I gain a lot every time I'm, especially with touring buddies or good songwriter friends, you know. You never know when you're just going to write a song. So I guess when, when I used to travel, play music, like all that kind of stuff, it's I felt like it was so much of a job that I never wanted to, like when I was done, I was done with it for the day. Right. What are your, when you're out on the road, especially with some of these great musicians uh, that you tour with, you know, is it just music all day, every day? Is that, like, what you have dedicate even your off time to when you guys are out on the road? Out on the road, pretty much generally just play the show. Sometimes if you're hanging out with a bunch of musicians, you'll play the rest of the night, just hanging out at whatever house you're crashing at or whatever. But you got to work the next day, and singing all night isn't great for the voice, and it breaks strings, and that costs money. You know, all these factors. Breaking a guitar late at night is a bad plan. You know, you had that happen? <laughs> nope, but it's uh... right. <laughs> I think that's probably why most people are just so protective of their instruments. And I had a guy play my guitar in Vermont the other day, and he's like, "Where should I put it?" I was like, "Oh, I don't care. Just throw it in the woods." And he set it on this chair, and I just watched it just fall off. Oh God! Completely, and it was like, "Well, I was." kind of kidding about just anyway i thought you would somewhat responsibly put it somewhere but that is totally my fault <laughs> i did a, oh my gosh i've seen people's instruments snap in half before yep i have too i've seen mine before but uh, never on the road oh my god i mean what was your reaction when it happened to you that was my fault for putting it there stupid move <laughs> which is generally the deal man i mean like there's I've always been super attached to my instruments. Mm-hmm. I mean, never one. It's even hard for me to just let the other people just like pick it up and look at it. I mean, do you yeah. think that? Why do you think I, it is with singer songwriters that that's 
I mean, obviously, it's their livelihood, but outside of that, I mean, is there some special connection between the instrument and the person? Well, there's this sort of a lore that guitars have songs in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So you kind of don't want anyone to get one of your songs out of your guitar. But there's also uh, something to be said for them putting something in it when they play it. So when I get a new guitar... I don't mind having people I trust and and respect playing it just to help break it in a little bit more. I feel like it that's fine with me. It's probably putting more in than it's taken out. And it's also just a bunch of wood and wire, but <laughs> Right, but I mean it's expensive wood it? and wire. Oh uh, well, I mean yeah, it's just a guitar. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, that's all it really is. Let's talk a little bit about your song enough. What was the initial premise of this and kind of how did how did how did you start with it before it became its full fully developed song that song started definitely as the music that sort of chromatic walk down phrasing just the the little little walk down to start it which led me to figure out the chords and then i don't know the lyrics just sort of happened i mean a pretty honest reflection but i think that took five minutes to write after i figured out the chords you know that fast well it's you know two verse three verses how long do you think your normal process is for general writing you know three minutes to eight years probably (laughs) eight years (laughs) you you never know see that's where don't give up (laughs) i guess that's some real dedication man yeah i got a i got piles of lyrics do you do you try and like find new homes for them? Basically, like when you start coming up with a new like lyric line, you're like or lyric line, uh, musical line. Are you going back and are you like? I've dug I've dug in before. I wrote a song called Empty Bottle that was one of those. I had two or three lines of it written, and it was probably two years, maybe three years later. I was playing guitar and said, "Man, I feel like I have something that'll work for this in the cigar box." And it was right there. Is it like an actual cigar box? It is an actual cigar were... box. Nice. Yeah. Grabbed it out of there, and then the rest of the song came really quick. You know, so that song, that song took four minutes to write, plus the three years of waiting to, <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> to find where it's actually yeah. going to go. Oh, wow. That's a long time to just sit on <laughs> something. So have you ever thought that, like... Because, I mean, some of these things, you take out all the music... It could just be poetry by itself. You, I disagree. Really? I don't feel like song lyrics are poetry in most of the time. Or that you can take any poem and make a good song out of it. I feel like that's a, trying to blur the lines too much. Poetic songs out there, right? for sure. I just don't feel like anything I write could be poetry. Like I don't feel like any of those... I couldn't imagine it without the music. So is there, like, a time, like, back in the day when you kind of, like, came to that conclusion? Is, is this something that you tried to, like, make one of your songs a more a poem-ish kind of thing rather than... I just never felt like they were connected. You know, my mom's a writer, and there was never a time writing a song that I felt like I was a writer like that. It's a different level. It's a different approach. It's a different... There's so much different about it, you know. The melody is in the the pace and the rhythm of a poem. I require some pretty simple guitar. <laughs> Your mom is a writer, kind of growing up around that world. Was there stuff that you were reading, you know, from her a lot of your life that kind of got you into the arts itself? 
I've read some of her stuff and have over the years. It's better when she reads it to you. I feel like writers have a certain way of reading their own writing. It's just better. I don't know if she really exposed us to a lot more poetry. Definitely read a bunch of books to us as we were kids and then told us stories about growing up, but that was, you know, that was it. So then how did you transition, though, from just a kid reading stuff and that form of art and then into eventually, you know, obviously you had the church stuff, but then you weren't uh, always playing the guitar then. So when, when did this become like, when did you become the artist that you are currently today? Well, my dad's a really talented musician, an amazing singer. He's incredible. And he started playing in a praise band at church. So the instruments were out more often, you know, they used to be sort of cases of guitars hidden under the bed you know I'd wait till he goes to work and go dig him out and just look at him you know <laughs> and then uh, I started on bass because he was playing bass in the praise band so I asked if he could teach me a couple things so he taught me how to tune it and how to take it out of the case and put it away <laughs> how old were you when that was <laughs> I was probably uh I'm 12 13 somewhere something like that what's been their reaction to your music as a solo artist because you know it's a whole church community it's not just your family i mean churches are these big welcoming places that we like to picture so i mean what do people think of your music or do they hear it they they all hear it i don't feel like there's any judgment you know this 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 album is not too uh not too much about drinking <laughs> you know there's no murder songs so that's always good. You know, we're, I, mean, I think we're on pretty fair ground. I mean, some people like murder songs, though. I mean, I mean, not like in a terrible way, but I mean, like there's some songs like, like in a I mean, the Beatles, way. the Beatles wrote murder songs. I mean, there's a few. Uh, of them, and there's a long tradition of murder ballads, and I think a lot of it started as stories about actual news events that balladeers would sing about. But I feel like, and I have a couple murder songs, but I don't really feel like playing them anymore. I don't think it's the right time for any more murder songs. A lot of the times, it's a guy killing a girl. I have I, I have one with uh, the woman killing the man, but also, that's still a drag. True. <laughs> it's still just a drag. I'm not ashamed of those songs or anything, but right. there's just... I haven't felt the time or place to play them in a long time. I feel like we, we can probably move past some of that. I feel like a lot of the older country guys kind of... Is that kind of where the murder songs... I think that's an older tradition than just country music. That's Appalachian music that that came General from, folk. you know, yeah, folk music came over, you know, from Germany and Ireland and the Dutch. I don't know. In, into the hills of Appalachia. Right. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people out there say Appalachia. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's fine. That's what I've been told. I'm from the plains, so. True. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> me too. So let's actually take one more quick break and let's listen to uh, let's listen to Misery since we were just talking about sure. that one.
feel like it's not tradition, but I think that it happens a lot. Maybe it's just an easy subject, but also singer-songwriters often write about love. So when you have these songs about, you know, like Prettiest Girl or something where you're really expressing like the the love side of it, not necessarily the breakup or the the, the feeling of heartbreak. Is, is that also kind of filed under that like emotion that you're just feeling at the time when you're you know, are you, do you, when you feel love, is that when you write songs that are more love-inspired? I feel like I write love songs usually when I'm single. <laughs> I think writing a love song or a breakup song in a relationship that, if you're in a relationship and isn't clearly or positively about the person you're with, could be a hassle. Has that happened? I don't. I don't think it has. Okay. In my, I feel like there's been questions of like, well, so what? I know you wrote that before you met me, but who was right. that? Have I met this girl? That's right. about. It's like, well, no. They're they're about every relationship. They're about you know every every experience and you know some imagination. I feel like you know love is a powerful emotion and a roller coaster. And so if you want to get some dynamics into songs, you can go through a whole range of feelings as that with that as a hinge, you know. I know a lot of people that would probably agree with this, and I just wanted to kind of know what you're saying. I feel like it's a lot easier to write a love song than it is to try and write a observer song or a story about two imaginary people, or maybe not even imaginary people, but writing songs about other people, like some of the, you know... Um, Ben Folds one who writes a ton of songs that are just about different people if they're imaginary or not. Do you think that it's more difficult to step away from the love songs to get into that kind of thing? I think a, or heartbreak or anything else? I think else? a lot of it is just putting it out of first person into third person. You could write a song looking at your own relationship and easily write it in the third person. Writing this, you know, I have songs about all sorts of different things. This particular album was definitely a time where it was these feelings and these songs I had that batch of songs it was time for those I don't know what's an easy song to write or what's a safe song to write you know I think you can do anything you want they're all sort of difficult I'm not going to write any travel on the road songs even though I travel the road a lot I'm not going to write any work songs well, why I don't not? have a day job Well, why, why wouldn't you write a travel song though well because Seeger did it and we're done <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was it. Uh, and there's just so many other ones that uh, are also Rands. Because Seeger wrote it. That was awesome. What Out of your album, what would you kind of say is the one that you enjoy the most playing? What's the one that you think that other people enjoy hearing the most? Oh, those are probably different songs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what would you say first uh, is... Lately, uh, I've really... Uh, enjoyed playing Dreaming. I think that's a it's a fun little song for me to play. Some different chords that I normally use, mm-hmm. and uh, the f- I don't know what people like what people like to hear. I mean, Fools on the Barstools is easy. People react to that when people come and talk to you after you're done, like especially in places that you've never been before. I mean, are people emotional? Are people how are they approaching you and expressing what they just heard to you? Well, sometimes people are emotional. Sometimes uh, guys can be not as open about their feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you see them wiping tears away during the set, but then they kind of feel like they shouldn't talk to you after, like it's embarrassing. 
It's like, dude, I I cried when I wrote it too. It's it's really fine. We're gonna be fine here. It's it's interesting that you kind of mentioned that too because we're in this spot in America where people are starting to talk about just men and emotion and how rather than just bottling up and be this kind of thing, it needs to be more expressed. And it, I mean, I guess it just really hits right there, like you said, like somebody who you physically or you watch them cry, but then they can't even come out. Like, what do you think, just from from a, from um, from your perspective, you know, as a man, somebody who sees these things, do you think that's something that people just need to give up on? Like that, the, I think or, that I think that that's just gonna take some some time. And some guys are super honest and open about it. Um, it's really no big deal to to cry <laughs> or to be right, affected yeah. by music. That's sort of that's sort of the point to be affected by music. Right. Whether you're happy and dancing or uh, relating with someone else's experiences or connecting it to your own life or uh, I think that there's a lot to there's a, a lot to unwrap when you're for each individual person how they're dealing with their emotions. Obviously, I yeah. think that, I think a general uh, blanket isn't gonna do it. If you've written something that impacts yourself mm-hmm then what, what do you really think is, do, when you're when you're done with it and you're done having that emotional moment, do you think that, man, this is a great song, or is it more of you get into your own head and then you start thinking about your own experiences because what you just went through was just as emotional as something else that you're connecting to? Well, sometimes when you're writing the song, that's it takes a minute after the song's even done to fully process it. You know what I mean? It's like, ah... Uh, Thought I was writing about one thing, but that line came out of nowhere, and ouch, you know, like yeah. I didn't didn't see that one coming. I think that most people go through a similar range of, of feelings and emotions. So me thinking that these are special feelings that are mine and mine alone is sort of absurd to me. It, it should. It, I would hope that it connects with other people. Songwriting can be sort of selfish because you think that your ideas and your, you know, whatever instrument you're playing, like, that that's actually relevant and worthy to put out in the world? Like, anyone's really dying to hear what you think about something? <laughs> but you do it, <laughs> you know? That's it for today's episode of the Crazeology Podcast. This episode was produced and edited by myself, Kendall Swank, with production assistance from Mike Simpson. You can find Brooke Blanche's music on a variety of web platforms like Facebook and Bandcamp. Brooke has a tendency to hit the nail on the head. Well, because Seeger did it, and we're done. Make sure you check out all the Tribune Audio Network podcasts. For a full list, head over to fox4kc.com or search Tribune Audio Network wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more conversations with musicians. Until next time. I give a little, but I take a lot. You give me everything you've got.
Never be enough 